be doing 0.2 of sample mind training. And uh, 0.2 in sample mind training is about, basically it's about instructions, particularly meditation instructions, to train ourselves in bodhicitta. So I thought it would be worth saying a bit more about what that actually is, bodhicitta, because some of you might never have heard of it, some of you might have. But uh, I'll just say a few words about it. And uh, well, bodhicitta as a, um, a term or um, a concept wasn't around in the early uh, Buddhist texts. So we, we won't find it in a Pali Canon, for instance. It's, uh, we'll be starting to find it um, in the Mahayana um, phase of Buddhism, where the Bodhisattva uh, comes into being, as it were, where it's the, the focus of the practice is to train ourselves, to train, if you want to be a Buddhist practitioner, to train yourself to become a Bodhisattva, an enlightened being, an enlightened being that wants to gain enlightenment for the sake of all beings, including ourselves. So that's the Bodhisattva. And uh, you could say that Bodhicitta is the attitude, it's the attitude of the Bodhisattva. That's the, the, um, the attitude that the Bodhisattva is coming from, is approaching the world with. I'll just unpack that. Um, so Bodhicitta as a word has got two components. Bodhi and Chitta. A lot of us probably know the Bodhi bit a bit. It's in Buddha, for instance. Well, Bodhi, uh, you could say uh, enlightened, awakened, and you could also say completely open. Bodhi, completely open, awakened, enlightened. And the Chitta bit is uh, mind, consciousness, heart, or you could say attitude. So if you combine the two, you get the heart-mind oriented towards compassion. Or uh, the awakened heart, sometimes you hear the translation of Bodhicitta as the awakened heart. Or, I uh, really like this one, Chokapa, the heart's longing for freedom. <coughs> That's another translation for Bodhicitta. The heart's longing for freedom. The heart's desire. And I keep making these movements here because that's how I think you would feel it. You would feel it in the area of the heart and it's felt, I think, as some sort of outgoing, outgoing movement. It's wanting to, wanting to go out, to reach out, to help, to, to be of use, to connect. So that's roughly, I think, uh, what the Bodhicitta is about. Sangharakshita, who is the founder of the Triratna Buddhist community, um, said um, the Bodhicitta is the myth that inspires the Buddhist community. So it's the myth that inspires the Buddhist community. That's quite a lovely image. So having this whole community moving towards that kind of attitude and approaching life and practice with that kind of attitude. Sometimes the Bodhicitta is talked about as the only cure which I feel uh, makes a lot of sense to the only cure, some sort of sane response to what can sometimes seem like, like a mad and chaotic world, the only cure. So in the Bodhicaravatara, there is a quote, um, this is the moon of the mind whose light banishes our darkness. It's the brilliant sun that burns off the mist of delusion. I quite like that. Burns off the mist of delusion 
This is the essential butter from churning the milk of the dharma. Mm. So that's all formulations for uh, this bodhicitta. And sometimes I feel I've been thinking about this as like a secret ingredient. Sometimes I feel like something is missing, something isn't quite right in how I feel, and then if I'm lucky, I remember this bodhicitta, and then things start to make sense to me again. So it seems like um, whatever you undertake in the course of your life, in the course of the practice, with this attitude of uh, bodhicitta, uh, start to be transformed. Um, also, maybe thinking about bodhicitta as a skill. A skill. I think we've been we've been talking about that before. Uh, all of these faculties that we're trying to develop, like wisdom and compassion or patience, could see as a skill, and we only need to train ourselves uh, in this skill. So bodhicitta is a skill that uh, uh, can be developed. And um, it's a kind of training, uh, mind training, that we can do, that we can apply to alleviate suffering or to not add more to suffering um, and to engage with life uh, for the benefit of all. So um, this whole attitude, uh, we could say, is the attitude of the Bodhisattva, but it was the attitude of the Buddha. This is how the Buddha approached to life. So this whole lifestyle, as it were, is exemplified by, by the Buddha and the life of the Buddha. And uh, as a process, you could say, it's, it's shifting from the, from the confinements of, uh, of a perspective that's completely ego-based to a perspective that is much wider and takes into, into account the needs of, of all beings and yourself in relationship to them, in relationship to this uh, complex world. So it's understanding deeply that you cannot be happy if other people aren't happy. This is just impossible because you're connected, you're connected with everyone. How can you be completely happy if you know other people are suffering? Something to contemplate maybe, or to talk about a bit more later. So, um, in the seven-point mind training, uh, bodhicitta um, has two aspects to it. One aspect is uh, what is called absolute bodhicitta, and one, abs and, and one aspect is relative bodhicitta. And you could say that absolute bodhicitta equals wisdom, and relative bodhicitta, compassion. And then you get those, uh, it's like the image of the bird, wisdom and compassion, like two wings of a bird, so one can't go without the other. Um, they're inseparable, they work together, the absolute and relative bodhicitta. So absolute bodhicitta is about having in, a direct insight into uh, reality, um, into the just having the insight that uh, the dimension of our, our mind, of our being, is completely open. We might think about it as fixed and, and cut off, but it is, in reality, completely open. And um, you could also say about uh, absolute bodhicitta, if you have that insight into this open dimension of being, the mind is also free from conceptual elaboration. We'll go more into this point uh, in the course uh, of, of this morning. So, um, you could say uh, this is in the, in the older Buddhist text, this uh, equals the Buddhist teachings about um, 
in the scene only the scene, in the herd only the herd. So you have all the direct uh, sense data, the raw sense data, and the elaborations is all the all the interpretations that we put on top of that, how we create our own suffering. So um, seeing through that um, and and staying with the raw sense data, uh, you could you could say that is absolute bodhicitta. And um, in the Heart Sutra, we have all, a lot of you know the Heart Sutra. So we have all these teachings, uh, wisdom teachings, that also relate to, to this area of absolute bodhicitta. So a new term, and we have got to get used to those terms, so I've introduced it now. So I'm moving on to the second, which is this relative bodhicitta. Now relative bodhicitta is, um, you could say, it equals compassion. So when we're practicing relative bodhicitta, we're practicing um, this mindset, this attitude of compassion. And um, with the absolute bodhicitta, you need to have a fairly clear mind in order to see into the, into the nature of mind, which is not always possible. With relative bodhicitta, all the practices we can just do with the ordinary mental processes going on. We just use the ordinary mind as it is right now, without it having to be super clear. Uh, or super insightful, which is using those processes to um, to train ourselves uh, in compassion. And um, with relative bodhicitta, it's also very much about an attitude that um, turns towards suffering, because a lot of the time, um, I think we've habituated ourselves to respond to suffering by by wanting to to push it away or shutting ourselves off somehow. But with relative bodhicitta, or well, you could say compassion, it's you turning towards, you're turning towards suffering. It might feel counterintuitive, but this is the only way through it. If you turn towards it and experience it, that is the only way through it. It's not going to go away if you shut it away or if you, if you try to push it away. So we're turning towards our suffering rather than turning away from it, both internally and externally. So that is actually all I have to say at this moment about uh, bodhicitta and um, the, the next uh, session, so that will be after our break, we'll be looking at um, the instructions on how to, to look uh, into the essentiality of mind, absolute bodhicitta. Uh, but first, um, just a question for you, and the question is how what does bodhicitta mean to you? Does it mean anything? Can you relate to this? Can you relate this to your own experience, to your own life? Um, do you recognize it? So trying to connect to this concept that I just introduced, the bodhicitta, and um, yeah, that's what I'd like to do next. <laughs>